many of you know, we are doing a 24-hour jukebox in aid of the Teenage Cancer Trust to raise money to help fund their amazing cause. Every day, seven young people hear the words, you have cancer. So it's vital that we continue to be there for them. From the moment of diagnosis, Teenage Cancer Trust provides the very best care and makes sure that no young person faces cancer alone. You can help reach every young person that needs them by doing this. Simply text the word GIVE, followed by either 5, 10 or 20 to 70500 and 100% of your donation will go to the Teenage Cancer Trust. Text will cost your donation amount plus your standard message charge. You must be 16 or over and please check the bill payer's permission. For full T's and C's, head to absolutelyradio.co.uk. Emma caught up with a courageous young man who, whilst travelling in Australia, started to show symptoms of Hodgkin's lymphoma. At the age of 23 and just wanting to live an ordinary life, he had to shoulder this devastating news. However, with the support of his friends, family and the great staff at the Teenage Cancer Trust, he is in remission and we also hope he'll be able to live a normal life. Hi, Jamie. Hello, Emma. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. So let's just start off then with you telling me kind of how old you were when you got diagnosed and how you remember that all happening. So I was 23 when I was diagnosed. I was traveling around Australia on a gap year and was totally by myself on the other side of the world. And it was one of the scariest times of my life. I was fortunate enough to be able to come home straight away and have the support of my family and Teenage Cancer Trust. But um, yeah, being on the other side of the world by yourself, getting diagnosed with cancer is very scary. (laughs) Yeah, your situation was a little bit unusual, I guess, because like you said, you were in Australia at the start of a gap year and it took you a while to get diagnosed, didn't it? Because you had all these symptoms that you were kind of mistaking for other things. So tell us a bit about some of the things that you were going through. Yeah, so my symptoms, I mean, I could explain them all off fairly rationally. I had intense itching, but I put that down to just allergic reaction so I was taking um, antihistamines and that helped with the with the itching I, I just got a new dog like a couple of months before that that symptom started I thought oh I'm just allergic to the dog it's fine and then when I went to Australia I started getting night sweats and I mean it was 35 degrees at night um, so I get again I could explain that away with oh well I'm just not acclimatized to the country yet I was very tired but I mean we were going out you know meeting friends and staying up fairly late and then up the next day for work so again I could explain all these things away fairly fairly easily but I think after after a few weeks of not feeling any better and actually gradually getting worse I then just went to the doctor to say and I think you know, because I was on the other side of the world, away from my family, I was probably a bit more aware of how I was feeling. So maybe if I was here, I might not have gone to the doctor so quickly. I don't I don't know. They were really great over there. Um, as soon as I went, ordered blood tests and obviously things came up in the results. That, and then they were very, very quick to get, I think it was about 10 days between me going to the doctor and then my final diagnosis. So they were, they were really, really quick. And do you remember kind of how that news was actually broken to you eventually and kind of and what that was like? Yeah. So when when they broke the news to me, it, it was quite interesting because um, I, was, I was quite fortunate that one of my mum's sisters lives in, in Sydney where I was. So she she took me to the doctors and they said, you need to go to hospital. And I was kind of why like what's what's wrong he wouldn't tell me what was going on he just said you need to go here's a letter 
go to the emergency department and they'll take it from there. So I didn't even remotely think I had cancer or anything, anything like that. So, I mean, we went up to the Prince of Wales Hospital in Sydney and sat there for, of course, hours. And then it was taken through. And again, it was all quite hush-hush. No one really said anything. They just said, oh, we're just going to do an X-ray and a scan and just see what's going on. Again, I had no idea what was coming. And then the next next day, uh, not next day, the next minute he was coming through with paperwork. Of the, one of the leaflets said, getting diagnosed with cancer. And he said, I'm really sorry, but you have Hodgkin's lymphoma um, and it's quite advanced and we need to start treatment right away. <laughs> that so. must have been terrifying. What What did you then, presumably then you had to tell your friends and family and, and make plans to come back to the UK? Yeah, my aunt was really, really, I mean, I was devastated. I mean, I had new friends I'd quickly made in Australia, but so my aunt, my aunt was really great, but I was absolutely devastated. And then I, I think it was my aunt that had to tell everyone in the end because I just, I, I was still processing the news for me. And then I actually, because I was so determined to stay in Australia, I was considering doing my treatment in Australia away from my family and friends, but it quickly became clear that going home was the best the best option so and and tell everyone was really great really supportive and just wanted to help us whatever way they can or whatever way they could but it was a very isolating feeling being being sick you know it's not it's not nice but I have great friends and great family that really really supported me through that through that first couple of weeks and on top of all of that that you were going through this was kind of right before the start of the coronavirus pandemic as well so what's it been like going through all of this over the last you know year and a half that we've all been going through this pandemic positives and negatives you know um i was quite fortunate that my treatment because there was a few people that i knew that treatments were stopped or paused so i was really lucky that because i was on curative treatment they just powered on but I took a lot of support from my friends during my treatment. They were coming to the hospital to visit me when I was in and they were keeping me company when I was sick at home and they took time off work because I obviously wasn't working and I was kind of in the house all day bored. My parents were out working or to then overnight basically change from having so many people around me to support me to having absolutely no one was extremely isolating and at the same time <laughs> it sounds it sounds daft to say but from kind of October November 2019 I was self-isolating anyway really I wasn't going out um, I was staying in the house I was just seeing one or two people at one time because obviously I was so immunosuppressed anyway so it kind of made me feel a little bit better on the other hand that I wasn't the only one that was doing that everyone was kind of yeah. inside keeping safe so it, it was kind of reassuring as well that it wasn't just me that was missing out on life you know it sounds strange but <laughs> you've got to take the positives where you can find them right yeah absolutely and how's your treatment gone how are you doing now yeah I'm doing really really, really well my treatment was really successful I actually within the first three months I went into into remission but they obviously have to complete the, the whole course of treatment and I mean it was tough it, like I was very very sick at times and I'm still suffering from some of the side effects, just like fatigue. And I gained a lot of weight, unfortunately, from steroids and obviously lockdowns too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think everyone did. But um, yeah, doing really, really well. Really, really well. 
Good. And then tell us a bit about the Teenage Cancer Trust, because you initially said, in fact, I think I've written down your quote here. You didn't want to get involved with them. In fact, you couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about how they've, they've helped you. The Teenage Cancer Trust really, really helped. I think it was the word teenage that, you know, caused me to be a bit unsure because I was 23. I kind of I thought, oh, I'm, well, I've not been a teenager for a while, but actually it's teenage and young adult that they focus on. So we had a really, really great youth support coordinator at the time who really um, endeavoured to get me involved. She really sold um, the support, meeting other people that are in the exact same position as you. They're sick, they're on chemotherapy, radiotherapy, extremely, extremely unwell but they just want someone to relate to, you know, and that's what I struggled with, you know, my 23 year old friends were having ordinary 23 year old problems, whereas I had slightly different things to juggle. So, you know, they were really great at pushing, not pushing me, but encouraging me to get involved. I went along, I think it, I think the first thing I went to was a quiz and it was just great, you know, to see, people that were just starting treatment like me or halfway through treatment or finished treatment and were really starting to get their lives back so that was really really great and they were just really really good at giving you a distraction you know making cancer wasn't the be all and end all you know we went out to musicals we went out for dinner we went out you know just had fun which is really really what you need during that time yeah, I've been reading about um, Lisa, I think it was, your support yeah. coordinator and, and some of the things you got up to. So what what would you like to say to her? Oh, she was just fantastic. I think when when I was diagnosed, I kind of just went into a shell a wee bit of just survival mode and really just wanted to hunker down, get through the treatment and then deal with everything else afterwards. But she really just really brought me out of my shell again. Um, so, I mean, I, I couldn't thank her enough for the support that she gave. And even during during the lockdowns, she was really, really quick to adapt to virtual meetings and doing quizzes and other activities on Zoom that, you know, still gave us a purpose, still made sure that we were in contact. She phoned us every week to see if we needed a chat. So she, she really, really looked after us. And I don't think any of us could thank her enough for, for what she's done for us. So you were on the Zoom quiz train like everyone else was then yeah, in lockdown. <laughs> It's not hard to see why, given what you've told us, but tell us then why you think people should donate to the Teenage Cancer Trust. It's it's an invaluable service to teenagers and young adults. They really know how to support you, how to just get you through. And they just, I, I, can't, I can't thank them enough for everything that they've done for me. So donating would help them support every young person that's diagnosed with cancer whether that be counseling whether that be company whether that be fun activities to give them a purpose during their treatment it really makes such a difference to a young person during their treatment and finally i want to know are you going to make it back out to australia I would love to. Um, it's definitely on on the cards. Unfortunately, their borders are completely shut. I decided to go back to university last year. So I've got one more year to go. And then hopefully I'll be well with coronavirus and international travel. I would love to go back.
Amazing. Thank you so much. That was great. No problem. Thanks, Jamie. What an amazing young man. Brave enough to tell us his story. Thank you so much. And we wish him all the best of luck in his studies at university. We managed to catch up with a wonderful and brave young person who sadly found out had Hodgkin's lymphoma from the young age of 16. As if that wasn't enough, not only did it happen during the period of her GCSEs, but also throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. However, with the support of her family and the help of the Teenage Cancer Trust, she too is now in remission. Chloe, thank you so much for talking to us. Tell us how you found out you had Hodgkin lymphoma. How, how old were you? Um, well, it was last July, so I was 16. I basically felt a lump on my collarbone. I uh, went to the doctors about it and they referred me eventually to have um, a scan and a biopsy. And then from there I was diagnosed and then the treatment kind of came after that. And uh, this is during your GCSEs, right, which you're, you're taking during lockdown as well. So what an unusual, it's a tough bit of news to get anyway, but during lockdown and during the middle of your GCSEs, even more mind-blowing, I imagine. Yeah, well, um, I had finished in March school and I'd been doing my GCSEs then and it was very, very unexpected. I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was still waiting for the results. I wasn't necessarily studying, but I think, I don't think people really expect when you're 16 and going through the stress of exams alone to have something else on top of that as big as cancer so yeah how was that news broken to you chloe do you remember what the doctor said to you to be honest it's quite a, a blurry memory i think he initially told me it was cancer he didn't really explain what type of cancer it was i i wasn't sure if it was curable or treatable so it was quite a, a massive shock initially as you would expect and you had a, uh, a long wait for a diagnosis, I believe, like a, a hell of a long time. You, you know what it's like if anyone, you, you start to panic about something. If you, if you left your own devices and thinking about it for a long period of time, and uh, that must have just driven you a bit crazy during that period as well. Yeah, it was, it was very unusual because after the biopsy, I think it was two weeks until, it was exactly two weeks after I was diagnosed. So we even called up in between that time to ask if they could tell us anything. And they basically told us not to worry. Uh, if it was being left this long, then it was probably nothing to worry about, which in hindsight wasn't a very clever thing to say. But yeah, it was quite a long time to keep someone waiting with news like that. What were your family and friends saying to you? I think they were trying to be as calming as possible, I suppose. They were trying to be, reassure me. They said uh, kind of the same thing, but that's different because that's kind of people close to you. Yeah, so when I did get the news, it was a huge shock because I'd not really expected that at all. I think the amazing thing about the Teenage Cancer Trust is that they uh, have identified that there's this middle ground between you know, the child baby side of hospitals and that environment and the kind of like grim grown-up side of, of hospitals. And that they create a space where young people can feel at home and calm and, and you know and, and in the right area to get better how did how did the tct get involved with you and how did they help you out as soon as i was diagnosed really from my first hospital visit to sort out the plan for treatment i was shown the ward i was being treated on and met some of the people who would be helping me and just the environment like you say it's it's quite 
a weird position to be in when you're 16 like I was because you're not really a child but you're not really an adult either so it was very different in a very good way to what I was expecting I was expecting to either be put with the adults or the younger children but yeah they kind of jumped in straight away and got me introduced to the the ward I would be on you say you're not a child, but not an adult, but trust me, you, you, you speak like someone with, with very, very wise head on your shoulders. How did the Teenage Cancer Trust make a safe space for you then? I was always contacted by Rosie, who works for the Teenage Cancer Trust. She would message me quite regularly and ask how I was doing and just, just anything. It's not necessarily the medical side of it, just kind of emotional support and the ward was a very safe space. There were lots of friendly people there who would make conversation to kind of distract you from the kind of craziness of everything else. And how was it, you know, one of the great things about the Teenage Cancer Trust is connecting you with, with other people who are going through the same thing, that they're the same age as you. What was it like being able to reach out and share some of your, what, what you're going through with other people who've maybe been through a similar thing? It's very, very useful because I still have friends, but... Um, Obviously, they hadn't really been through the same thing, so it was hard to relate and kind of talk about it to someone who actually understands. So the Teenage Cancer Trust is connecting people who are obviously in the same boat, going through the same thing on the same journey and have the same emotions about it all, which even though to some extent friends and family can be there to support, and my family and friends were very supportive all the way throughout, they can't properly relate to the real feelings that it kind of brings out in you. Chloe, are you able to share with us how your, how your chemotherapy has gone? Well, I finished chemotherapy in December last year, if I remember correctly, and it went very well. I was told I was in remission in kind of halfway through chemotherapy, but they wanted to carry it on. And then... After that, I had some radiotherapy just to be sure that there was no remaining. And actually, a couple of weeks ago, I think I was told I was in like complete remission. So wow, wow, amazing! Over the moon about that. That is amazing. That's amazing news. And uh, you know, sometimes out of dark times can come something that's good. And when we hear that you've uh, got, got quite the blossoming music career going on, that you've had this kind of epiphany. When Sometimes when you're up against it like you've been, you decide, you make some life decisions on not waiting around for stuff to happen. You're going to make, make things happen for yourself. Tell us about how uh, your music project has gone. Really, really well. So I started recording music, uh, writing music in May last year, and that was before the diagnosis or anything to do with the cancer and when I was diagnosed it, it kind of set off a kind of light bulb moment in my head I thought I've got quite a lot of spare time because I obviously couldn't go to school while I was studying but I thought I could use this time to really start this journey that I've always really been interested in so yeah I made an album which I released and the profits went to the Teenage Cancer Trust actually and now I'm kind of, I've got a band together and we're performing the songs oh, wow. off that album. So yeah, it's going really well. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, you, you're an incredible person. I'm sure that we are not the first people to tell you that. 
the final question is is quite possibly the easiest one for you to answer having listened to everything that you've just said why should people donate to the teenage cancer trust well there are so many reasons <laughs> probably to sum it all up i think i would say all of the kind of stuff i've done this year wouldn't have been possible without their help and i know my time last year would have been absolute hell i mean it was but that wasn't <laughs> that was because of the the cancer but it made it a lot more bearable just because i felt safe i felt like there was a light at the end of the tunnel and that's because of the emotional support the environment they provided it just the message they send out it raises awareness and it makes you feel so much less lonely which is probably one of the worst parts of having cancer at this age especially just everything i can't i can't sum it up in the way it deserves amazing well like richie said you're an inspirational person and you're a beacon of how important it is for people to to donate to the teenage cancer trust so chloe amazing to hear your story we shall watch on with interest in your music career you never know we could be playing one of your songs on absolute radio in the not too distant future thanks so much for chatting to us Thank you. Such an inspiring young lady, and we can't even express how happy we are for Chloe. It's amazing news. Uh, we hope things will only get better from this moment onwards, and we wish her all the best of luck with her music. Remember, you can help many young people like Chloe who need the Teenage Cancer Trust by texting the word GIVE, followed by either 5, 10, or 20, to 70500. 100% of your donation will go to the Teenage Cancer Trust. Text will cost you a donation amount plus your standard message charge. You must be 16 or over. And please check the bill payers' permission. For full T's and C's, head to absolutely radio.co.uk. 